You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Whoop, whoop. It's the sound of the police. It's not really the sound of the police. Don't worry. It's me, Alfie. Hi, how are you? Welcome to Alfie Pod's Fancy Footy. Hope you all had a lovely game week 11. I know that I was slightly disappointed. Uh, I had a good return, about 60-odd, but I made a captaincy error. I brought in Jesus, and I wanted to do a differential captain choice so like uh in the hope that i would sort of jump a few rankings but unfortunately all the big hitters came through didn't they and i had those but i didn't captain any so i lost some points but you know you live and you learn and fortune favors a brave sometimes but gotta go gotta go big if you want to win big that's how it is in other news this week, uh, I uh, did a little short video for Fantasy Football Scout for their Instagram page. You can go and check that out. I think it was better than I thought it was going to be, and it was well received. Uh, the only problem is you have to look at my face, and that might be disturbing for some of you, and it probably won't be relevant now as it's the talking points for Game Week 11. But, you know, go on there and go on Instagram and like my page and like the posts. You've got to do like stuff. Can you send hate? Just send hate. Just send some sort of form of emotion just to let me know that you're still there. That's great. So on today's show, I'm, of course, joined by Will and Matt and Yordi, and we're going to discuss many things. There's a lot of head-scratching going on at the moment. There's a lot of frustrations amongst these more experienced fantasy Premier League players that they are, and that's quite fun for me to watch and observe. Uh, We're going to talk through the premium hitters, the fact that all the premium big guns like Bruno, KDB, uh, who are Salah, Son, those big names are all hitting big. And whether that changes things, because normally these guys, they normally trade the big hitters in and out week to week. But whether it's a case of set and forget, as it were, and then just do the little men around, little men around, whatever. Okay, I'm going to stop talking then. Uh, I'm not going to interrupt midway through. I'm going to come join you at the end and we can talk through game week 12. Anyway, enjoy today's podcast. Right, gents, who loves FPL? Say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you all have a lovely weekend? Okay, here with me. I've got Yordi with a new haircut, brand new improved haircut. Hello, Yordi, all the way from Holland. How are you? Hello. Good afternoon, Alfie. You look How are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. You look so much better. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, make sure it you keep... It couldn't be worse, so... No, you're right. It couldn't get any. Well, <laughs> looking around some of our haircuts, it probably could be worse. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> someone just someone just woke up. Yeah, the nice Colombian drug cartel sleeping <laughs> gown that has been worn by the wonderful Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Alfie. I've been awake for hours. So what time is it in Colombia? Ten mm, thirty? No, eleven nearly now. Right. Yeah. And okay, I can see you drinking from a mug. Now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be British if I didn't ask about the standard of tea in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm not. I've not been drinking much tea. I mainly have coffee as I'm in Colombia, which is um, a good place to have coffee. Yeah, if you if you like coffee, 
Are you like coffee? You for I'm coffee? I'm not much of a tea drinker anyway. I never really drink tea in England, to be fair. Oh, come on, mate. You're not meant to set, turn the listeners off with this sort of chat. <laughs> We're all for tea here. I tell you, is all for tea. And that's the Irishman over there. Hi, Matt. Calling away from Dublin. How are you? Hey, hey. Hey, Alfie. You drink tea, right? No. Oh, <laughs> I hate sake. it. I drink herbal tea on occasions. I'm more of a coffee man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yordi, don't let me down. Do you drink tea or you just drink isotonic sports drinks? I never drink tea. There you go. Good. <laughs> right, good. It's a tea free zone. Right. The secret to being good at FPL is don't drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it is maybe, to drink maybe tea. Maybe it's actually. the other way around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe the other way around. Yeah. So, what have we just Have we just had game week 11? Yes. And, yep. um,. Uh, it was a joyous game week eleven for all of all of us, for everyone, wasn't it? All everyone scored highly in the whole world, didn't they? Salah, Fernandez, KDB, <laughs> Sterling, whoever you backed came through. Oh, Son as well. You'd have to be an idiot to have Kane, Son, and Salah not captain any of them and captain Jesus instead. Yes, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so a point. Right, who wants to start then? Will, let's start with you because there was controversy this weekend. What was your score? I don't care. Right. Well, the reason you don't care is because you deleted your team. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it was, it was a horrible game week, Alfie. I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, it just got too much. I, I sold my soul to, to the red devil and got Bruno Fernandes Uh-oh. before the game week started. And I thought, and look, there are valid reasons for doing that. Right. It, people I felt, points yeah I mean people are going to say points but look there'd been a tactical change in the last two game weeks like Van Der Beek had come into the side and Fernandes is playing further forward and he's getting into the box more and he suddenly you know before we were saying oh, he's kind of getting lucky it doesn't really get into the box you know Manchester United don't really break down teams they get you know the best on the counter attack and they get a lot of penalties so there's a lot of luck but now if he's getting into the box and he's taking more shots in the box which we discussed last week that he mm. is um, he's pretty good value for money. And I thought, okay, it's away from home. It's West Ham. We know he's good away from home. He'll be there on the counter. He's a quality player. I'll get him in. And then he's freaking benched. Yeah, but to, mean, be, to be fair though, mate, he did come on a sub and then he did do that thing with the referees where he gets a decision to go his way and they score a goal from it. And he got an assist. And yeah, and he could have got more assists. The amount of time, you know, Rashford hit the post. I mean, he yeah. just like he's, he could have done more. It's just, it's just frustrating. I mean, it's just very frustrating when you when you you get a player that you've kind of you've reluctantly begun to accept that he's a good player. Okay, that he's got good stats and he's a good FPL asset. Fine, I'll get him. You know, no players create more chances than him. Let's get him in. And then he's benched. And it's just, it was just frustrating. So he, he got some return. He got a return, but it was hardly having seen De Bruyne, who I could have got in as well do well because I felt Fulham would actually do okay because um, they've, you know, they've been a bit better recently. Fulham did but, okay. Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. You okay. could argue but that, De Bruyne, yeah. De Bruyne still hauls and it was like, oh, I should have just got De Bruyne. What was I thinking? I'm such an idiot. So that's how I felt, basically. Did you have Son and Kane? I had Son. So that was that was so fun. Did, but that was the might, next you, day. You did all right, though. That you was the next right. day. It was it was the fr- so the reason it was it was then it was the evening match and it had been a long day. I'd, I'd been up for a long time and I was frustrated by Fernandez and I was frustrated by Werner. You know the ch- the xG on that <laughs> chance against Leeds was nearly ninety percent, right? 
To say it was easy to score the miss is, is an understatement. It was a 90% <laughs> chance that was going to be a goal. What are you talking about the when he was in front of goal? No, well, I don't think he even could be constituted as that. I mean, he just... I don't know what that was in front of the goal. Ball came to him, what was it, a yard out? And he hit it twice and it didn't go in. It was punished for trying to rob Shiru of a goal. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, just put it in, Timo. Put the effing ball in the back of the net. Please, <laughs> please, please, please do that. So I had. To, I mean, his, his overall XG in the match was like nearly 1.5. So he could have had two goals, yep. you know. His threat level, if you look on um, FPL, you kind of go to the threat column was over 100, 114, which is insane. Okay, Son's <laughs> threat level was like, Six. I don't know, three or something ridiculous. <laughs> Salah's was like 20-something. Son's was really nine. Low. Nine, okay, nine. I, I exaggerated slightly, but nine is hardly <laughs> a big was threat 29, level. Yeah. So they're pretty small. So Timo Werner was the logical pick. I felt he was going to get chances in that match. Everyone gets chances against Leeds. Timo's going to get chances because he's the centre forward, he's playing in the right position. All these people say, oh, but he's playing on the left again. He played on the left for Leipzig and did really well. He always plays, mm. he's better, you know, with Jura coming into the team, he's better because he's better off that kind of pivot target man that plays around. So he's going to get chances. And he did. He got loads of chances. He was the best pick, the most logical pick, and he got an assist. I mean... <laughs> did you captain him? Yeah, of I mean, I, I do. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel for you, and especially as we had that whole Giroud conversation and everything that we discussed. You know, it it came to fruition, except for Werner didn't actually put the ball in the back of the bloody net. So there you go. It's, I feel it's, for you. it's exactly like I was saying to Will. I said the logic made complete sense. I said, you know how this season is going to go. <laughs> it seems to be a recording team. The logic is all there. We know how the game is going to go, and Werner will blank, and all the the lazier picks will will deliver like KDB. I'm not saying he was it wasn't a good pick, but he's a bit of a lazy pick, you know. It, it's just it, it kind of sums up this FPL season, you know. There's very it's very hard to take any risks and for them to come off with, with confidence, you know. Really, really. But tough. it wasn't even a risk, yeah. was it? That's the point what Bill's saying. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. It wasn't a risk, and I just my my, my aim at the moment is captain who I think is going to score the most, who's going to get the mm. most goal-scoring opportunities and who's a good finisher. That was Timo Werner. And it's Timo Werner again this week because Everton are statistically <laughs> when is, when's the worst defence. When's it going to no, stop? They are. They've conceded more big chances than any other team. They're, yeah, they like to concede. They're statistically terrible, terrible. They're worse than Fulham. They're bad on their turn as well, going back towards their goal. Timo Werner on transitions, That's his. that suits his game. I'm captaining him again. He's the best pick. He's just, you know, like he misses so many chances, gets Newcastle. He passes when he should shoot and just score a goal. He will score. Like what happened? You look at, you know, he got two goals and a break, uh, two goals and an assist against Southampton. And that was decent. And he felt, okay, yeah, that's an open game. He's going to do well in that game. Um, but the chance, you know, that's, the threat level he had in that was still not comparable to the to what he had against Leeds, and it will be the same against Everton. He'll get loads of chances against Everton. You've got he, and there's no reason to doubt him as a scorer. Like he's been scoring for Germany, oh, he's yeah. already scored a couple for for Chelsea in the match, and in like last season his record at Leipzig, he can score goals. I can't understand why he's deciding to put the ball like wide from a yard out. It's just infuriating. <laughs> he does look nervous though. 
looks you look, what, because I've captured him, but he knows no, the pressures. No, so. yeah, well, among other things, maybe, but he looks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, whenever, whenever I see him, he he looks very frustrated as well. Uh, after every chance he misses, of course, you look frustrated as a as a striker when you miss an opportunity. But it's almost it's almost as if you feel for him. Mm. Well, he knows, doesn't yeah. he? He he understands where, he, where what numbers he should be hitting. Uh, yeah. But so, like you say, Will Everton next. You got to stick with it. You can imagine him get uh, scoring big and getting a brace, and then maybe going on a six-game run where two goals a game or something like that. I don't know. I mean, you look at it, and each game week, you've got to look at who you think the best captain choice is that game week. Um, so I look at the upcoming matches, and you know, let's see how he does this game week. I mean, form, as you already said, is a factor, and I, I think negative form is also a factor. So the fact that he just can't seem to do well at the moment is obviously affecting his confidence. So maybe it is a stupid decision to captain again. But on on terms of potential, in terms of opposition, he's the best choice. But surely Vardy's the best choice because he doesn't do anything for 89 minutes and he always scores. <laughs> well, yeah, Brighton are pretty good defence this week, so I'm not going to pick Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, was a good, he was a good pick against Sheffield United because, again, yeah, it's like we were saying before, it's like at home when teams, when Leicester play teams at home, teams come and sit quite deep and we know Vardy needs space to run into. What kind of goal did he get against Sheffield United? It was a ball over the top of his space to run mm. into. I was very naive of Sheffield United to give him that space at that at that stage of the game. It's, um, I couldn't, I don't quite understand the tactics. They obviously thought they had to go for the win, but you go, you can't leave your Spurs. Okay, I talk about Spurs. I always talk about Spurs. <laughs> okay, Everton fine. first match of the season were playing Toby and Dyer, Toby and and Eric Dyer, and. We're a little naive. We defend quite high up and we lose possession at one point. You get that. Richarlison goes through on goal and gets that chance. Have you seen... Jose obviously thinks there is two best centre-backs. Spurs now will not defend that high up the pitch. No. Because they're not idiots. Because you know that you can't... You know, if they get, those two get caught out of possession high up the pitch, the opposition striker's in because they haven't mm. got pace. So why don't other teams, you know, and then, of course, you get Sunes talking like an absolute moron on the weekend after the match about how boring it is to watch Tottenham. It's, not, it's just, just get a life, you idiot. Well, I blame he's... Pogba, to be honest. Yeah, I blame Pogba too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sunes wound me up a little bit. I didn't think his analysis was terrible. Anyway, let's keep the good vibes going, the upbeat good <laughs> vibes, and let's talk to Matt. Matt, how was your game? You did uh, marginally better than me because you decided a captain, a big hitter. So what was that, 70-odd? Uh, 81 points in the end. Ah. Um, after I, I did a little bit of bench wankery and had uh, my Aston Villa guys play. Um, just to, to be honest, I, I, I wanted to play them just in case there was a slim chance the fixtures got rescheduled. So I put out what I thought was my best team on paper. And then obviously the Villa game wasn't rescheduled and my, my players on the bench subbed in. Now I only had 10 players this week because... I opted not to make a transfer. I was holding out for early team news for the Everton game uh, on whether uh, Nkunku was going to start. <laughs> no. You know, uh, He didn't in the end, but I was kind of happy in a way that I kept uh, the, the two free, uh, the, rolled the free transfer over mm. um, because it was only going to make a defensive transfer. It was probably going to be a Brighton or a Southampton defender in. I couldn't choose because I didn't, didn't know which way that game was going to go. Um so I'm kind of glad in a way, but had I brought Investigard, I would probably be coursing him. So uh, I'm going to pretend that it was Lamptey that I was going to bring in. But yeah, I, yeah, 81 points. I was delighted with how City turned up. 
you know, fair enough. They won 2 0. 2 0 can always be a bit of a, a tough score in FPL because there's no guarantee that the players you have in your team is going to actually return. And I just happened to have Sterling and De Bruyne who were involved with both goals. Uh, Captain De Bruyne, Diaz got me a, a clean sheet. Um, you know, a lot of frustration there for Cancelo, or not for Cancelo owners, for people who who sold Cancelo, mm. thinking that he was going to be benched or rotated and, you know, this, that and the other. You know, anyone but Walker, again, would have been frustrated thinking that he was the most kind of nailed on player in that City defence. Um, and of course, I was delighted with Nico Williams finally got his his clean sheet. He did. Uh, it happened. Got a, booking, got a booking in the process, but I mean, 3.9 million, what more can you ask for? Um yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with how the team did, and I'm kind of happy with how how it's shaped up now for the for the Christmas fixtures. Mm, definitely a more upbeat vibe coming from Dublin this week. You're <laughs> the <laughs> uh, you're what are you seventy odd in the end. I got eighty points. It took, a, took one hit. See, this is annoying I... me because if I captain properly, I was trying to go for a differential captain, and it backfired in the biggest possible way well, i brought him in too so i only didn't but you didn't him. captain him who did you captain no, salah i did captain de bruyne yeah but i have to make a confession first because my sister was moving houses uh, on saturday i was helping her in the morning and in the afternoon uh, when the first game started the everton game and of course i want to watch every game uh, if possible but then i thought maybe this will take the whole day so i'm going to try and do the match of the day challenge Oh so yeah! I didn't watch any game the entire day, and I didn't watch the. I didn't check the the the, the scores and the results at halftime. I, I I didn't see anything, so I was about to tune in for match of the day at the eleven thirty. That's ten thirty in the UK, I think. But I was, I think, three minutes early. It starts at. Uh, uh, oh no! I know what's happening. I know. Uh, what's, I know uh, what you're uh, gonna say. What the... uh, did you so catch I, the news and they showed the results yeah, on the I news? Yeah, the news yeah. And then I saw the results. <laughs> and I was like, man, come on, mate. That's been going on for like decades. How can you do that? I was uh, <laughs> this much tension, and I was like, okay, come on. I'm really excited for every game, man. And then I tuned in three minutes before it started, and then I saw all the results. And I was like, fucking hell. And the thing is, you can't. It's difficult to look away. It's a bit like. Uh, yeah, yeah. when you're in the gym with your mates and your mate gets his cock out but you don't want to look <laughs> but you'd still look yeah, and you're like why did I look at that for? It's a disgrace okay, but it was, uh, <laughs> Yeah I was really frustrated then. Alfie can we get back to it? how often do your mates get their cocks out in the gym that's still bothering me <laughs> I'll be honest I say no, my I, mates I when I, t- when I say that this. Well, <laughs> yeah. and I say in the gym they're in the gym they're random strangers. I'm just looking through the window. So that's where it just gets awkward. <laughs> or is his name Jim? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gets Go your cock him. out in the gym. It's even worse. Who <laughs> doesn't get their cock out in the gym? I mean, in the changing rooms, not in the gym. Yeah, I think you have to be specified <laughs> yeah, like, in the thinking. showers. Or something yeah. like. no, I literally I didn't thought you meant, no, oh, no, he's on the bench press. Oh, I think I'll whip my cock yeah. out this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure in some places Alfie, that's acceptable. Alfie, you are surely going to use this as an audiogram on Twitter. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> What I find interesting about that is that you picked up the fact that I'm looking at cocks and gyms and not actually questioning the fact that I actually went to a gym, which is more ludicrous than the other situation. <laughs> That's uh, true. Well done. I think, you did, I think you went to the wrong gym, but okay, carry on. But uh, anyway, uh, Jordi, sorry, carry on. Yeah, I saw the, the city, I, I saw the city result 2-0 and I was like, 
fuck, I have Foden, Jesus, and De Bruyne captain. I'm like, mm, they're not going to be a whole party. Yeah, it was only two players so, that turned up. Fortunately, my captain scored and got an assist. And if Sterling was a bit, little bit more unselfish, he would have put two on a play for Jesus. But yeah. You have a, I don't know if you checked Jesus' stats, Jordi, but obviously I was invested in Jesus as well. And I watched that game. And he did absolutely nothing. Like it just yeah, yeah. No- I checked, uh, nothing. I checked his uh, his uh, threat index on the FPL, and it says eight point zero. So he probably had like one shot that was outside the box or off target. I don't know. Uh, so the big hitters are hitting all the time. Like we said, I mean Son, Kane, Fernandez, KDB, even Sterling, despite his sort of dodgy form, came up with a goal assist. So it seems to be, no matter what happens every week, that the premium big hitters are hitting. So does that change things for us? Is it more of a case that we need to do, what do you call it, set and forget? That's right, isn't it? Uh, Set and forget for basically get as many as those as you can and then just work around the small ones, right, I reckon. Matt? Yeah, basically, we we all kind of have three or four big hitters, you know, and they're all scoring very similarly, you know, Vardy, um, Son, Kane, Salah, Sterling, KDB, Bruno Fernandez, even Rashford, but not highly owned, you know. So we, we've all got these kind of three or four big hitters in our team. We can't really get, it's very hard to get a fifth in. Um, so ultimately what's kind of different in everybody's teams is, you know, the 7.5 millions, the 6 million midfielders um, and the defence. So I think at the moment in time, while all the premiums are hitting similarly, What's going to give you that edge is the player, you know, your Dominic Calvert-Lewins, your, whether you have Callum Wilson, whether you have, you know, Jota in midfield, if you're still holding out and keeping hope with Foden, uh, Jack Grealish, all those kind of middle of the range, um, well, in terms of price, those kind of picks. You know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, owned by like 4.6 million managers, I, I don't know what percentage that is of the game, but well over 50% anyway. You know, here I am thinking of losing him this week. He did score in the early game against Burnley. There's this question mark over the absence of Luca Lucas Digne, whether that's going to mm-hmm. impact Everton's attacking uh, ability, you know, having that width out on the left. So, yeah, I'm thinking of getting rid of Dominic Calvert-Leon and I'm thinking of putting in Patrick Bamford because Leeds have some nice fixtures coming up. Bamford just seems to be in great form. He's getting plenty and plenty of chances. Um, and, you know, it's kind of an against-the-grain thing, you know, um, maybe not having Bamford, but definitely taking Calvert-Lewin out mm. seems to be a bit against the grain recently. Um, so I'm wondering whether I'm going to shoot myself in the foot by taking out an informed pick who's maybe coming into tougher fixtures. Because it always seems to be a recording team, you know, form and fixtures. Um, every week we have it. Sometimes it seems to be the case when we talk about Man City. You know, Man City didn't have the form. They came into the fixtures and they turned it around. Whereas you look at another team like Arsenal who are you know, devoid of form. They got the fixtures and they didn't turn it around. So predicting what way it's going to go is very, very difficult. Yeah, and uh, talking about fixtures, Matt, uh, the fixtures now are going to get heavy, aren't they? I mean, it's that time of year. Yeah, I, I don't think the the topic about premium midfielders is that important at the moment about who to get in while they're scoring similarly. You know, at this stage in the season now, we're going to have a lot of rotation coming up into the Christmas period. So this it's a, it's a good opportunity to make ground with differentials and maybe the Champions League group standings will will give us a bit of an edge. You know, Man United still have a lot to play for. Um, they have a very important game coming up now this week. 
um, and of course a Manchester derby now the on the weekend. Whereas a team like Liverpool are are top in their group. They're going to rest heavily in in. I can't remember if they're playing tonight or tomorrow, but um, yeah, Liverpool will have a, an opportunity to rest up big time and rest a lot of their players. Um, so maybe that'll be a decisive factor. Maybe looking towards the likes of Salah and Jota doubling up. Who knows? It might work. It might not work. Will? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the first thing to point out on the topic of um, big hitters is the amount that are producing good underlying stats. So Fernandez is producing good underlying stats. We touched on that already. De Bruyne is too. I mean, he's got a 5.9% goal conversion. That's really low. You know, he's hit the woodwork three times this season. He should easily have more goals. Um, and he's probably the one in form. He's been, as Matt's fair, but, you know, some teams can afford to rest players during the Champions League matches. And, and De Bruyne has missed out, you know, uh, and in Piakos and last week as well. So he's getting his rest. Uh, and Pep talks about you know him being mentally fatigued. And, and obviously that, that rest is helping him. He's playing very well in the Premier League. So I think it's if there was there are so many good options. And I think Salah's in again, he's he's outperforming his best season ever. So the season in which he got 300, over 300 points, he's doing better than he was that season. He, you know, in that season he went on a really nice run. That's, that's about to come up. Will he do that again? He could well do. It's really difficult. You've got, I am, who am I going to, again, it's come down to value and captain. Mm. Um, who am I going to captain? And is it worth having all those expensive players in my team? Um, are they offering value? Do I, are the cheaper alternatives that Matt's talking about, the Bamfords, et cetera, offering value? And I think that's, that's where you've got to juggle it. So I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at my team. I've got Vardy, is Vardy really worth four million more than Bamford? No, he's not. I've got to get, I've got to sell, I've got to free up that money from Vardy by getting Bamford in. Um, do I want? It's yeah, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. He's no, so I'm sticking with Werner because I think <laughs> for this match. But maybe he goes afterwards because if he even at nine point five million, how's he performing against the other against the other expensive players or medium expensive? And Ings players? is back now as well, of course. Ings is back, yeah. So I saw Dominic Calvert-Lewin last week because I don't think, I know, I think players like Watkins and Bamford are better value than than Calvert-Lewin. So he went last week because I don't think he's going to do, you know, they're playing Chelsea next. I don't think that he's, I'd be surprised he may well do, but I'd be surprised if he does anything against Chelsea. Um, so it's, it, yeah, you've got to rethink your structure a bit. I am rethinking my structure at the moment. Um, but I'm probably going to go without Salah this week just because I'm not going to captain him. So why would I balance my team to get that that kind of player in for that price? Take a hit. It's not worth it. But they're playing you guys, Fulham. <laughs> you guys are both... Uh, 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 Will, you took out Calvert Loon last week and uh, Matt is talking about taking out Calvert Loon this week. But you know he, he had the highest expected goals last weekend. And he had... Yeah. Uh, Will, you, you, you said... Werner had a threat index of 114. That's insane. Calvert Loon had 105. So yes, they're playing Chelsea, and I was—I did even plan to shift him for Bamford this week, but I'm not sure. Well, I—I I think we underestimate how good he is. Actually, I'm far from sure. I mean, he's a—he's a real goal poacher, and I think he might be a set and forget for the rest of the season because the, I can sell him for 7.5 million. He's still exceptional value. Um, yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I mean, I sold him for Werner and Werner still had a higher threat value. So at least it was the right move in that sense. 
yeah, he's. I just think the fix. I sold him because I didn't think. I thought Burnley would be a bit better. I thought they would tighten up at the back after that game against Man City because they were decent in the game before that against Crystal Palace. Although Crystal Palace were without Zaha, so it was not maybe not a fair comparison. Yeah, I think Dina probably impacts them slightly. I just think uh, Everton's upcoming fixtures are not as are not as strong. Well, I have a question about DCL, who I think I agree with Jordi. Actually, I think he's set and forget, but. Mainly because I can only sell him for seven point five, but he's worth eight million. Why is that? Yeah, you only get you only get half the profit on a player. So for every naught point two that a player goes up when you own him, yeah. you get half that. You get one. Ah. So because he's because you got him for seven and he's gone up to eight, you get half that profit. Well, that's bullshit. Uh, but that, that's no incentive, is it? <laughs> I've stuck with him since the beginning. And Those like, are the rules, Alfie. Those are the rules. Well, fuck that. But I it, gives you a, it gives you a question, doesn't it? Because do you, do you, I didn't get DCL at the beginning, which is why I'm happier to sell. And when I think the fixture isn't so good, and maybe I'll get him back in a bit when the fixture is better, because I haven't got any value tied up in him. Um, no. So, but, and that's the thing. The tricky thing you always have to judge with value is do you want to keep that so you can keep kind of more active budget in the rest of your team? Because it can also hinder you, it can also kind of paralyze your decision making where you feel you've got yeah. to keep an asset because you've got him so cheap and it will cost 0.5 more to buy him back. But that can hinder your judgment because it's sometimes it's not worth holding on to those assets. Probably you, you, you and Yordi are both probably right. It probably is the, the right thing to do. But in my position, given that I didn't have value tied up in him, it was I just felt selling him was uh, mm. was the right decision for me. But that's what I mean, like the fact that you can afford to make the decision, yet somehow, even though I've had him for longer, I'm imprisoned by it and I can't do that. So it's fine. Then you could argue that I've made seven uh, point five million on him. Yeah, and you've also got all his points and everything like that. Yeah, well, yeah, those as well. There's a, I have a discussion on FISA with uh, with uh, Stephen or Stephen. I don't actually know how you pronounce that. Uh, we're having a sort of discussion, and I still need to need to reply to him. Uh, but he's it's about the big hitters. Like I was a few weeks ago talking about hopping on, hopping off. Uh, I mean, you can't have them all, and I'd like to. Uh, exploit the fixtures. So uh, he says to me, it's better to pick uh, the premium assets and keep them as set and forget if they are all performing the same way. So not try to jump on the other one when they enter a, a, a good run of fixtures because you have to make transfers to get one in and you have to make a transfer to bring the other one back later. So it's only going to cost you points. And it's a very uh, interesting discussion. I'm sort of trying to search for reasons to still do it my own way and try to exploit the fixtures because that's what makes this game fun for me. If I keep Salah and De Bruyne and Son, all three as a, a, as a set of forget, for an example, for the rest of the season, there's not much fun in just transferring the players like uh, Jota or players in defense. You want to seek opportunities and gain points from there and if, in my point of view there's also more uh, more value in trying to get the right uh, premium assets for the right fixtures that is an interesting discussion to have whether this premiums are set and forgets but i think it's a big assumption on uh, ruth steven's part to say that they're gonna if they're all it's very hypothetical if they're all gonna score equally then yes obviously just leave them in your team if they're gonna continue yeah. all scoring equally but how can you know that 
That's, it's as simple as that. You can't <laughs> know that. But that's uh, uh, he brought an argument that, uh, for example, Sergio Aguero has a, uh, a goal scoring record against each particular team in the Premier League, and some that are playing in the Championship now. I think it was 1.75 points per game. He gets more against weaker teams. So then he made a calculation that it isn't valuable to get rid of him and bring him back in for uh, particular fixture runs. You can say that as well, but then I know, again, this is this is just my luck in FPL. I had Aguero against uh, Watford last season and he did nothing. He, was, he did a Werner. He was like missing shots yeah. from two yards yeah. out. You know, you, so you can never predict exactly how it's going to go. I think you can set yourselves up for the best opportunities. And I think how you look at an opportunity is you look at, an oppo- uh, you know, the opposition's defence and their underlying stats and their form, historically and recent form, how they do against different types of teams. Are some teams better at breaking down low blocks than others? And then you can look at your, your attacker. Is he in good form? Is he fit? Is he playing well? Is he historically a good player? And you just have to assess those opportunities and go for them. I don't think that you will have... I mean, you could say certain players are becoming fixture-proof. I mean, KDB is playing so well. He's playing in that advanced role like Werner is now with the kind of the two midfielders behind him. Um, and he's getting opportunities and he's underperforming. So you could say he, he he's probably the player you'd like to own going into the Manchester derby. There's also injury to consider. So Fernandes didn't play... Um, didn't start against West Ham because of a because of a foot injury, and they probably want to save him for Leipzig. So that's you know United are a slightly trickier yeah. one because they've got more pressures on them, and maybe I sell Fernandez for for Salah this week if Fernandez is going to be out. Um, so there's also there's so much to balance. I think it's always going to be fluid. I think it's really hard to ever have set and forget players. Um, I don't think any player for a whole season is essential because of so many different variables including fitness that you just don't know what's going to happen there's a human element as well isn't there and there's a weather element uh which we never really consider we seem to think of players as sort of robots that just perform statistically but isn't the flip side to that argument of you keep all your big hitters and then you make your points up on the differentials and just trade only those out, sort of the small, the smaller players, as it were. Yeah, I mean, I always think that the cheaper players, you kind of want to leave them in longer term because, I mean, you know, value doesn't always correlate with performance, but generally a cheaper player, you need to have longer for him to deliver on his mm. underlying stats because he's not going to have to be so more many. patient. To be more patient, right. Um, yeah. But you could do, I mean, it depends. If you want to, you could just get a team set up and get your... Uh, get your premiums in place and think, okay, they're fixture proof and then just move around your cheaper players based upon fixtures. You could try doing that. Why not? Matt, do you want to talk about some referees or did um, you want to add on to that conversation? Yeah, no, I think it can, it can link on to what, what Will is saying there. Like, you know, this idea that, you know, coming into different fixtures where players are historically good against certain teams, whether they have forms, all these different factors. And of course, this season, it seems more than ever that we have the added factor of, you know, the dreaded VAR word, you know, um, we've seen a lot of strange decisions this, this season, um, that's impacted on various players. And obviously in, in turn has impacted FPL and different people's ranks, you know, as, as a result of that, you could, t- you could take a few fixtures this week and examine them and see, you know, some players were fortunate, you know, or at least there's, there's debate to say whether they should have had goals or assists or decisions, uh, that went in their favor. You know, Calvert-Lewin, you know, just before their goal, there's 
what looks like a foul by by Allen on uh, on one of the Burnley players. So it's hard to say. That's maybe a little bit more contentious than some of the decisions. Uh, Fernandez's assist, you know, the ball looks like it goes out of play. You know, <laughs> hang on a minute. Look, look, I mean, it was everyone saw that. Yeah, exactly. I just don't understand. I mean, I know Will, you mentioned to me before about oh, you can't just rely on David Moyes' word, but anyone playing that game could see that ball went out. I mean, no right, Matt. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to explode when I saw that, Matt, and it was linked to Bruno Fernandes. I thought, well, we're never going to speak to Matt again. That's it. Well, the thing is, people only home in when I when I bring it up about Bruno Fernandes. You know, he he does seem to <laughs> he does seem to to benefit more than other players. You know, in recent mm. weeks, and you know, it just it's just the way it goes. He just he, obviously he has no you know it's not he, he's not choosing to do it. It's just the way the games fall. Of course, he did deserve to get something from the game. Jeez, I mean, he created, you know, eight big chances or, or not eight big chances, eight chances in the game in 45 minutes. You know, that's phenomenal for a player. Of course, he deserved to get something. But, you know, in instances where a player does get something and he didn't deserve to, I don't think there's any harm in pointing that out. You know, of course, Sterling's penalty for City was a little bit soft. I didn't see any of the Fulham players complaining when it happened. So, you know, again, another bit of a contentious decision. And the game, I think that annoyed me most well, maybe on par with last night's game. Um, you know, the West Brom game, you know, geez, a player's bundled over, he falls back, his feet oh, are up in the air yeah. and he gets a red card. Ridiculous. You, you know, I didn't see any kick out. I didn't see any malice or, you know, intent. And, and it, it's, I, I really feel for West Brom because they've had it, you know, again, we can talk about when West Brom played United, you know, and they were doing really well. They had a, a penalty decision uh, not given. Um, I think it was a foul on Gallagher up in the box and you know it was actually Bruno Fernandes on Gallagher um, nothing was given you know it looked like a penalty a few minutes later Gallagher's fouled you know you get the ball Say it again? was given it was given but ruled out by the VAR oh yeah ruled out by VAR yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean overturned you know um, and, and then a few minutes later you know you get a penalty after what looks like Fred fouled Gallagher to win the possession so you know, West Brom have really been screwed over by decisions lately. You know, obviously they haven't done themselves favours by the way they've come into the season and the way they play and how poor their defence has been. But, you know, it, it, when these decisions are, and these poor refereeing decisions are influencing the game, you know, it just doesn't give them a leg to stand on. It doesn't, doesn't give them a chance at all to try and dig themselves out of relegation. You know, before the game has even started, you know, it feels like they probably have a 12th man on the other team. Uh, in the referee, obviously the, the, the referees don't come out and you know pick on West Brom, but I really feel for them because they're not in a good position, and it, it certainly doesn't help when these huge decisions in games, um, important games as well. But that uh, West Brom decision, this is my big issue. People talk about VAR a lot and stuff. My big issue with it is that it seems to be ruling technicalities. There's no when playing that game, there was no one on that pitch that thought from that moment that. A, play, a bad challenge was had and the player needed to be sent off or it needed to be looked at. Exactly. It was just pretty, it's, it's just someone in an nitpicking, office somewhere yeah. just nitpicking when the game doesn't need that decision to be made. And that he didn't gain an advantage from it. It wasn't violent. No one was hurt. It didn't matter. It's come on, lads. Let's yeah. get on with the game. What is it with this sort of office review the whole time? And, and then you've got the flip side of it. You know, you look at the Champions League mid, uh, midweek, you know, Man United are playing and, uh, you know, uh, Man United and PSG, Fred head, you know, throws the head towards another player yeah. and, and he gets a yellow card. So like the ref Man sees United. it. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he sees it and like it's either nothing or it's a red card. I don't know how we can come to the decision with a yellow card. You know, so it's Did just... you hear the commentary team? They were, they were like, oh, and everyone just went quiet. <laughs> they went, why, why is he? Yeah. I don't. And what they should have said was, typical Man United. That's what they should have said. <laughs> and the thing is, fair play to Solskjaer because he's always bangs on about bringing back the glory days of Sir Alice Ferguson and stuff. And realistically, he has brought back at least that element of them getting so <laughs> many referee decisions going their way. Yeah. It's like it's like it's the 90s all over again. You know, I might yeah. go and listen to some Danny Bear or Sarah Cox on Radio 1. Yeah, they, they get penalties after the full-time whistle's been blown. They get to play on yeah. when the ball goes out of play. They get the headbutt players and they can play on. It's like yeah. real football. It's just like, you know, you make the rules up as you go along, you know. Whoever's ball it is, is, is in charge, you know. It's football royalty, mate. That's yeah. what it is. Football get royalty. get Fernandes and relax. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Just get Honestly, him in. The stats and then... are there. The tactical yeah. change is there. You know, it's like if he's not injured, then just get him. But it's Man City derby. Well, th- uh, this is this it. Weekend, yeah. Go, go, just, sorry, just going back to what you already was saying, you know, about attacking the fixtures. You know, I looked at my team for next week. You know, United are away to City in the Manchester Derby, David. So I decided to take Rashford out. I'm, I'm kind of attacking the fixture. I want Salah in. So yeah, I took Calvert Lewin out and Rashford out, and I put in Bamford and Salah. So um, mm, very good moves. So maybe after the Manchester game. Uh, I, I might consider getting Sterling out for, for Bruno Fernandes to spread the risk around a little bit more. So I'm definitely not real that out. To be honest, Alfie, maybe it's another talking point. I don't know, but uh, the thing is, on my when I, uh, I was just checking my own watch list, if I am to add another premium asset like Bruno Fernandes, uh, it's probably going at the cost of Jesus or Son, but it's an upgrade because Fernandes is more than 1.5 more expensive. And... Uh, the other uh, players on my watch list are all below six million. Maybe it is. Maybe there is an opportunity to go bigger on premium assets and go along with uh, with with uh, with some cheaper ones like Harrison and Lukman, Rafinha, Suchek. I like those players more than than those in the six seven prize million bracket. Tattoo truck, tattoo truck. I got a truck. It's full of tattoos. It brings me luck in you. Uh, Jordi, um, I'm thinking of ditching Jesus this week, or maybe you could just keep him. Uh, are you going to ditch him? Who are you going to captain? I think I'm going to roll my transfer. Um, my captaincy is on uh, on Salah, and my vice captaincy is on the Bruyne. There you go. Okay, so, Salah's a good choice against Fulham. Yeah. Matt, um, at the moment I'm on Vardy, um, and I tell you why because. I'm thinking Brighton like to play attacking football. You know, we saw Tarek Lamptey always gets up the pitch. He's always in that kind of right wing spot almost. I kind of have a feeling that Leicester will get plenty of chances on the break. And if Lamptey is caught out of position, it might drag one of the centre-backs out of position and allow Vardy to get into space. So I think it's a game that's going to suit Vardy. Again, that all sounds well and good on paper. Whether that happens, whether the game unfolds that way is another thing. So... Yeah, I'm going with Vardy. Salah, who I just brought in, is the vice captain. So it may change, but at the moment, I'm fairly certain it's going to stay on Vardy. Fair enough. Will? It's Werner. Werner, isn't it? It's Werner. Go on. Most big chances against the team that concedes the most big chances. It's like perfect opportunity. You've got to. I mean, I've also, I've also, I'm going to maximise Chelsea because I think Jordi made the point last week because now they've put Giroud in. It makes James a much better pick. 
because he's got someone who can yeah, actually finish off his crosses. So I've done Patrick Van Aanholt to Reese James as my transfer this week, and I'll be Captain Werner. Captain Werner. I'm pretty sure Will says that every week, but uh, it does make a very good point throughout that whole conversation about he's the right choice, but can stats be misleading? It's always that question, isn't it? So good luck, everyone, in game week 12. I don't know what you're thinking, but looking at my team, I was looking to get Jesus out and the Bruno Fernandes thing. I mean, I do want him in. I mean, I wanted him to begin the season. Then my mind changed. And now I'm back to, come on, let's get him in. If he's going to get points, let's get him in. Set and forget him. Uh, but I want him alongside Salah because, as Will mentioned, Salah is possibly having one of the best seasons, whether it doesn't seem like it, but from an individual point of view, could be everyone one of his best seasons in the Premier League. Um, but I was hoping to have them both together, but I might have to lose Jota. Uh, I like having three good, solid forwards, high-priced forwards, um, but I might have to bring that down in order to get Fernandez in, so then I have to work out whether it's better value to having Fernandez at 11 or whether to having uh, Danny Ings at eight. You know it is. You've got these same problems. You know it is. Um, whether or not I do a transfer this week, I mean, could do Werner, but then if I want to trade down for a cheaper striker, then that puts me further back getting Fernandez. And realistically, it's Fernandez next week, I think, for me. I avoid the Man City derby, for sure. Okay, well, that's it. Do say hi. Don't say hi. But whatever you do, have a lovely, lovely week, and we we'll speak to you next week. Bye. FBO, I'm gonna be champion, or at least I'm gonna be top ten. Now there's this guy who plays the best at chess. If I beat him, that's relative success. Take it down now. Will I be Magnus, or is this madness? Will I? Will I? Will I be Magnus? I got to know, I got to beat that Magnus.